You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody, welcome back to Letter Monroe. I am Austin Ward. That's Jeremy Birmingham. This is his Christmas. That's Spencer Holbrook. Uh, it's a holiday for him as well. I'm not sure which one, but he's also somebody who talks stuff all the time, uh, presented by Buyers Auto. I'm not sure what to call this, if it's a practice report, if it's a rapid reaction to a huge day, or if it's just a talking stuff. It probably can't be that because I'm not allowed to host that, right, Berm? You're allowed to do whatever you want, Austin. I'm, I'm willing to share. I think that no matter what we call it, uh, a talking reaction, uh, uh, rapid stuff, uh, uh, practice stuff, whatever, um, there's a lot going on, you know? I mean, it's it's uh it's the week. stuff report it, there's so much stuff to report upon uh <laughs> some of it is worth talking about other is worth uh reporting about so i don't know i mean whatever we want that's the beauty of being on the internet man we can just do whatever okay it's um a little bit crazy and stressful to have we're just reporting about it and talking about it and and throwing out the stuff i can only imagine what it's like for ryan day and that coaching staff to have uh, the early signing period and National Signing Day uh, start in the middle of Big Ten Championship Week. Uh, we'll get back to talking about the current Buckeyes and the college football playoff, you know, tomorrow and Friday and Saturday. Um, but this is a huge day for the future. Um, it's all been complicated, not just because it was Big Ten Championship Week burn, but, you know, the last, um, you know, dating back to March, and this whole cycle has been bizarre. I remember sitting in Ryan Day's office last December when Ohio State signed the 2020 class and we did the Bermanology episode with him there. He was talking about the, the whirlwind 10 days that he had after the Big Ten Championship game leading up to signing day and being at all these different award ceremonies and the Heisman and how he couldn't – he, he went, basically went from plane to plane to plane to be able to uh, be in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on the morning of signing day. And then I contrast that with what the Buckeyes coaches have done this year, which is sit on their butts and sit <laughs> on Zoom calls and sit, sit on Zoom calls like we're doing um, and basically talking nonstop. I mean, uh, it, it's been a, a weird year, obviously, but the Buckeyes are one of the best recruiting programs in the country. They have the second ranked class in the nation. And then there's these, these weird little ways, guys, that I feel like this year actually benefited them because they were able to really connect with kids in a different way. There's, the, there's sort of an adage that I've heard coaches talk about that one visit is worth like 10 phone calls. So it's, it's, and in this cycle, there's no visit. So there's like been a thousand phone calls. So you're basically getting a hundred visits because every one of these calls is a mini visit to kind of look into the window of who you're dealing with. And uh, you know, I talked to Ryan Day about it, and, and he basically said that, you know, it's almost like they were oversharing in this cycle. And maybe that's why they felt so comfortable with the 21 kids that they signed uh, on Wednesday morning, despite the fact that there's a number of them they, they haven't really ever gotten to know in person. Yeah, Mark Pantone talked about this as well, Spencer, that there was a lot that Ohio State could learn by the way that they used Zoom and FaceTime, not that they weren't already FaceTiming and, and communicating uh, when allowed in the past, but there's probably a, a number of elements that they will use from this year, carry them forward, even though they would like to get back to normal and go do, 
in-person evaluations, have camps, you know, get on the road in December. Uh, maybe some of that stuff they won't do to quite the extent as before, but uh, there's a number of things that they use since March that they will definitely keep in the arsenal moving forward. Yeah, it's interesting to me that he brought up the fact that you don't have to do an unofficial visit as often anymore because we, they now know that they can recruit guys on Zoom and it's pretty effective because they just signed the second best class in America basically through Zoom. And so when you got guys who might not be able to swing the cash to uh, to come for an unofficial visit, and they can only come on that official visit. Well, now you can do that on Zoom and you can you can connect with these guys in ways that you probably could have before, but you didn't really know about or understand or fully take advantage of now all of that's at your disposal no matter whether you know they have the money to come on an unofficial visit they have the time resources or not you can still have guys on your campus to come on an unofficial visit and I think that's a big takeaway for these guys from from just hearing from them for an hour today Firm, what's yeah. the I agree I agree I, I don't mean to cut you off but there's some things like you know, the athletic facilities at Ohio State that you're only really going to be able to get a feel for the grandiosity of them in person. OK, like you're not only going to get an opportunity to really understand everything that's available to you at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center um, if you're on campus in the future. That's not going to be any different. But where you do see, I think, a real opportunity here is like the Fisher School of Business, for example. The, these uh, ad advisors and administrators of, of the other parts of the school have a much greater opportunity now to connect with kids than they ever did before. And I think that we saw that play out in the, in the recruitment of Emeka Abuka, of Donovan Jackson, of Travion Henderson. All these kids got a chance to really connect with other parts of Ohio State as an entity, not just Ohio State as a football program. That really helped um, them feel comfortable. Because when you get to campus, you know, it is 2020. Even if it wasn't for, for COVID-19, a lot of these kids now are taking classes in more of a virtual setting. And so you're starting to understand the value of this. And uh, Ohio State is always ahead of the curve when it comes to recruiting and, and updating what they're doing to match, you know, the, the new standards. Um, and I, I'm not surprised to hear Mark Pantone say that at all. And I thought the most interesting thing he said uh, the entire day was the last thing he said was that because of the fact that they've had less evaluation of tape to do, he's actually been – turning into a quasi evaluator of other teams and with the free transfer market that's going to be opening up soon, the one free transfer college football is changing as we know it. And Mark Pantone's entire job is potentially going to change as he now becomes a guy that's almost like the head of a scouting agency uh, inside of Ohio state. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if they've got the ability to, to add more staffers for him, because if you're going to scout every conference or, you know, I mean, obviously you're already looking at every team in, in the Big Ten. You'd know what uh, you're dealing with there. But if you're going to scour the entire country for potential fits, uh, that's going to take more people. Um, that's a conversation for Mark Pantone for another day. Uh, Berm, when you look at uh, this class, what is the most important part of it? What's the number one takeaway now that the signatures are in? I mean, the takeaway for me is just how in a year that could have been absolutely haywire – Ohio State had every single member of its class signed by 11 a.m. There was no drama leading up to signing day. They had two decommitments in the entire cycle. One of them from Tumiche Adelaide that when he committed, we basically were like, okay, there's only a matter of time till this kid decommits. Um, not because he didn't like Ohio State, but just because it seemed like he was using the opportunity to commit to Ohio State to kind of put some focus back on him. You know, fine, whatever. I think the Buckeyes will learn a lesson from that in the future. Um, 
the only other decommitment is from Devonte Smith, a cornerback in the state of Ohio who signed with Alabama. And you don't want to lose anyone ever, especially an in-state kid, but they ended up replacing him with Jordan Hancock, who was their top target at cornerback the entire uh, process and flipping him from Clemson. So you just sort of see that, but ultimately uh, it's, it's the bounce back of Tony Alford, I think is, is the one thing that is really uh, going to be remembered about the 21 cycle. Uh, and then in my mind, the least talked about five-star quarterback in the history of maybe college football recruiting is Kyle McCord. I mean, the kid's been committed for 18 months and, and more than any quarterback in the country maybe has an opportunity to walk in and compete for a starting job at Ohio freaking state of all places. And people are just sort of ho-hum, ho-hum. He, he's just another guy. And Kyle McCord is not just another guy. Like he's a really good quarterback, really good. Well, I mean, you know how this works. He's been uh, committed for 18 months and never flirted, you know, thought about leaving. Uh, you've, you've got periodic updates and written about it and had him on Bermanology multiple times and never really – even as Quinn Ewers comes in or CJ Stroud and Jack Miller are both in their freshman years and like unwavering. I think that's one of the most fascinating parts of this. Maybe it's just because I'm uh, not as ingrained uh, and into it. Uh, the recruiting beat every day, 12 months out of the year, like you two are, but you know, and I guess that makes me a little bit of a basic, uh, basic guy uh, that I focus on the quarterbacks only, but if you're going to, pin down the trajectory of this program, it starts at the most important position. If you're going to win a, a national championship, you have to have an elite quarterback. And Justin Fields is not going to be around in the spring. I know that Ryan Day doesn't want to talk about, you know, the future beyond Saturday, beyond the college football playoff, but that's real. And C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller did not get normal freshman years. So does that help Kyle McCord? It, it probably will. You know, he didn't get everything that those two got. But that is truly a fascinating dynamic that's going to be, you know, that competition with three guys basically starting at almost the same spot uh, in March. You wonder if, if Ohio State will need to supplement that with potentially a graduate transfer. That's a conversation for later. Um, you know, once Justin Fields actually makes his decision that we all expect. But, um, you know, that's for me, you look at Kyle McCord, the situation with Stroud and Jack Miller. Uh, I'm already like, you know, looking forward to seeing them compete. I hope they, it's a normal spring football because that is going to be uh, a truly, truly incredible thing to watch transpire because you're not going to keep them all. At some point, somebody's going to have to leave. You can only one of them can play. And how is this race going to shake out? Because you're also not going to win a national championship without somebody playing at a high level. Yeah, and you're not going to win a national championship if you have a quarterback that you're not completely confident in. And I think that was a huge – I think you asked him about it, Austin. Ryan Day came out and said, you know, we're not sure. He's not 100% confident yet because he's not going to have a guy that's played before. And so Kyle McCord steps into a situation where it is truly an open battle as compared to when C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller both signed. We thought one of them would eventually have a leg up, but it looks like that's not going to be the case. And so the next few months are going to be pivotal for them. It's going to be pivotal for Kyle McCord to get off on the right foot when he gets to Ohio State. I hope they have a true spring practice session uh, just, just so we can see this unfold and, and have an idea of what's going to happen going into the fall. Because if you don't, then you start to scratch your head and wonder what the, what the trajectory of the program is for next year in particular, because you just don't know what you've got at quarterback. Here's something I find really interesting about Kyle McCord. Uh, initially in the middle of all the, the early enrollment plans, and we were talking 14, maybe 15 guys early enrolling from this class. 
and Kyle was had a couple guys that he was planning on rooming with. And I heard on Wednesday morning that he's changing his rooming assignment and is now going to room with Marvin Harrison, Jaden Ballard, and hopefully Emeka Abuka if he enrolls early. So not only is he enrolling early, but he's enrolling and rooming with the three wide receivers in the class, um, and all of which are very similar personality-wise to Kyle, very low-key. These are kids that are going to just hit the books, read the playbook, learn the playbook. And I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how much extra work he gets in just by having those guys as his roommates um, at the start of the process. So I think that's going to be really a cool little twist to what Kyle's done. He, he changed it on the fly in this last week because he realized, Hey, I want to, I'm going to be there to, to focus on, on being quarterback and learning the position. Ohio state wants to be quarterback you and, and uh, Kyle McCord is sort of the next step in that. I, I compared him to Dwayne Haskins in my piece um, on signing day morning. And I think that that big body, strong arm uh, kid who's just going to stand in the pocket and deliver darts, watch his senior, his senior season state championship game, the third state championship he won at St. Joe's prep. And you will see a type of arm talent that is rare uh, anywhere. And it's even rare at Ohio state. It's really pretty amazing how this has become, you know, the quarterback destination. I know that they're not alone. I mean, Oklahoma and what Lincoln Riley's done, they signed a five-star this cycle as well, but, you look at this collection of talent and the way that people are continuing to line up, not just with Jack Miller and CJ Stroud, but Kyle McCord and then Quinn Ewers next year. Uh, again, if you're going to get four top flight passers, they might wind up finishing their career elsewhere, but everybody wants to at least start their development that way, or a number of them do. And there's a big line of quarterbacks that want that opportunity. And even if you don't have them for four or five years or three years, Ohio State's still reaping the benefit of, uh, that Joe Burrow situation and the way that that helps propel him to the next level. And that's okay too. I mean, uh, I know that a lot has been made of it that Ohio state let one get away as if Dwayne Haskins wasn't setting uh, school passing records in, two, in 2018 and a Ryan day, but that's uh, neither here nor there. That's a lot of quarterback conversation. Um, your superlatives that'll come out on Friday, Burm will dive into this, but who's the most uh, underrated member of this class you think? I talked about this with Spencer on talking stuff on Tuesday, but I think it might be Jansen Dunn, the defensive back from Bowling Green, Kentucky. I just at six foot two and 205 pounds. And he's a four five guy has a 40 inch vertical, really long arms, really athletic, explosive. Uh, I, he's one of the two defensive backs that are enrolling early. And I think that he's going to have an opportunity to make some hay. Um, and, and I, I, Personally, love Michael Hall at defensive tackle at six foot three, two hundred ninety pounds. Uh, as I've written and said, it, like I was told, he's the best defensive tackle in Ohio in the last ten years. And you watch his tape, you can see it. Uh, he, he has really got quick hands, quick feet, and I think he's going to contribute uh, as a freshman, even though he's not enrolling early. You know, there's so many stars in this class that it's it's hard to find what I would call a sleeper. Um, but I think those two are are the guys that I would think maybe are overlooked heading into next year. And then down the road, Ryan Day hit on it a little bit earlier, but I think Zen Mahalski has the potential to be something really uh, unique down the road at Ohio state. And I, I compared him uh, to Jack Muhort. And I, I think that that sort of ability uh, and athleticism is really unique in an offensive lineman. Spencer, what are you looking forward to most when you see these guys enroll early? I want to see these running backs. I want to see those two come in and compete right away. I know that's kind of a stacked room. It's kind of a cop-out for me to say it because they have two of the top 
six guys at the position in the entire country. But when you bring in two guys like that who are best friends off the field and they're going to be competing for early playing time on the field, you, you just wonder how that dynamic is going to play out, what the carries are going to look like next year uh, with Trey Sermon moving on and, and, and Master T kind of taking the reins if, if he chooses to. I think that's going to be a really interesting dynamic, and I'm really excited to watch those two get to work because I think they both have the potential to really make an impact early. Those two are rooming together as well, and not that you needed a, a lot of intrigue, but they are going to be roommates at Ohio State. And, you know, they are different. Um, the comparisons for them were Ezekiel Elliott and Curtis Samuel. So I guess if you can have them in the backfield anywhere near the same time, that, that seems pretty good. Seems like a little bit of an understatement. And I want to be clear, I did outsource opinions on these uh, comparisons. So it wasn't just uh, my own feeling. So, you know, to underline those a little bit. That was my favorite part of what you did on, on the Sign Day coverage firm. Uh, you did a fantastic job, as you always do, the best in the business when it comes to this. Um, and now you get to dive right into the next cycle. It's already well underway. Can't wait. Can't wait. I, I want a little tease here, and you'll see it in a few hours on, on YouTube and um, on Letterman Row. But I did have a chance to, to do a talk with Ryan Day uh, individually after he met with the media today. And um, that'll be a Bermanology episode coming up in two hours. And one thing he mentioned, and it, it, we were talking about Emeka Abuka and the decision to choose the class uh, of Ohio State when you know that there's five other five-star receivers in the room with you. And I'm paraphrasing here, but Ryan Day said, well, the good thing is we're getting them next year too. All you have to do is look. Like he, he's basically saying if these kids don't want to compete, they're not going to come to Ohio State. And when they're talking and the buzzword all day and all year has been culture, culture, culture. And that is pretty much the bottom line. If you're not willing to come to compete and, and fight against the best of the best every single day, then – uh, you're not going to go to Ohio State. And what Ryan said on, on our call was that essentially if they choose not to, then we probably didn't want them anyway. And that sounds like a cop out and I understand, but big picture, uh, you know, if, if these kids are even, even slightly reluctant to make that decision because of there's the fact that there's other talent in Columbus, then the Buckeyes are getting an easy out um, with, with them going elsewhere. So. It's a, it's a good time to be an Ohio State fan uh, for those of you out there who are. For those of you who are hate-watching us, I'm sorry. Uh, it's a tough situation, especially if you're around the rest of the Big Ten because Buckeyes are going for a four in a row on Saturday. I have a very hard time seeing how that streak is going to end, uh, the way that this stockpile of talent continues, uh, certainly compared to the rest of the league. This has been some rapid stuff. It's brought to you by Byers Auto. Uh, nice of Jeremy Birmingham to let me hop in here on National Signing Day. Uh, as a as a recruiting outsider a little bit, and Spencer Holbrook as well. Uh, these guys talk stuff all year round. They do a great job. Uh, certainly uh, got to follow them for all that information and you can continue to follow Letterman Row for full coverage of the Buckeyes ahead of Saturday's Big Ten Championship. Stay with us at LettermanRow.com.